Day 5. Posted August 2, 2002. 10.51 p.m. The Question. I called Willie's show late this morning. As usual, he asked how I was doing. Why, I'm fantastic, Willie. I love sitting around all day waiting for you to never show. And how are you? This is what I wanted to say to him. For obvious reasons, I chose the more diplomatic route. Uh, I'm fine. But the band's getting a little restless. I'm sure they are. I'm sorry about that. I'm pretty sure I'll be there this afternoon. Ahem. Days two, three, and four, he basically assures me he's going to be there. Today, he's pretty sure. Is this some kind of sick joke? Can you place bets in Vegas on whether producers will show to recording sessions? Because I was ready to bet a bundle on today's outcome. Great. It'll be great to finally work with you again, I replied as I reeled silently at my own response. I wanted to kick myself, not only for being a dork for having said this to him on four separate occasions in as many days, but also for using the word great twice in a sentence. Upon completion of our morning niceties, it was time for me to ask the most important question of the week. The mother of all session questions, the question that's been in the back of my mind ever since this project began, and to date, I haven't dared to ask, and for good reason. I don't know Willie's show from Adam. So at my first opportunity, and without the use of a remotely clever segue, I took a deep breath and I blurted out my question. Uh, will we be working Saturday? My sanity and well-being as a person hinged on the answer to this very important question. In my experience, sessions that run six-day weeks go downhill at an alarming rate. One day of rest is just not adequate time for people to recharge their batteries after six 12-hour-plus days of trying to record an album, something that to this point we have not done at all. I realize that the practice of working six days is commonplace in this business, and many others as well, but I also know from experience that sessions with weekends off are generally more fun, ahem, less stressful, and most important of all, more efficient than the dreadful six-day work week. The phenomenon of losing the forest for the trees in the creation of a production is reduced drastically by taking two days off a week. The people involved in making records five days a week are generally more rested and happier than they would be if working six days. I've been on projects that we've worked both ways. Even the most seasoned engineer and producer are better able to judge takes, sounds, hell, just about everything, when they're well-rested. Sure, the first week of a six-day-per-week project isn't usually too bad, but by the middle of the second week, people start to become testy. Starbucks runs become more frequent. Red Bull becomes a staple rather than a refreshing mid-afternoon boost. By the third week at the six-day pace, most people have no business even being in the studio. Why do people torture themselves so? I contend, and this could never be proven for obvious reasons, that if I were to take the same band with the identical set of circumstances in parallel universes, and one band worked five days per week, and the other identical band worked six days per week, the band that worked five days would actually finish the album sooner, even having spent less actual time in the studio. As much as I dreaded the answer to my question about working on Saturdays, I was at the very least relieved to have finished asking it. Now I just needed to hear his answer. Please let it be five days. Please let it be five days, I thought to myself in the 500 milliseconds it took Willie's show to respond. 
That's half a second to those unfamiliar with metric conversions. To be honest, my greatest fear was that Willie would be a seven-day kind of producer. There's no way I could do that. I'd be dead. I don't usually work Saturday or Sundays. Yes! I pumped my fist like I had just scored the game-winning sudden-death overtime goal in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals. No matter how fucked this project is or becomes, I can handle it if I'm not working Saturdays. That means a good night's rest on both Saturday night and Sunday night. This is huge. My excitement knew no bounds as I jumped for joy at the news. I think we need to work this Saturday. Okay, that's cool. Whatever you want to do. I replied in an upbeat manner as my heart sank. He proceeded to tell me that if all goes well, he'd see me today. With that, our phone call was complete. Although I was elated with the news of a five-day work week, I was mildly bummed at the prospect of working this Saturday. I could only come up with two viable scenarios. Either I was going to sit there all day Saturday and Willie Show was going to live up to his name, or Willie actually would show and we'd be working long hours for day six. Either way, this sucked. Disheartened, I got myself ready for my day and went to the studio. I've been setting our start times later and later. Yesterday, I didn't even go to the studio until 2 p.m. I figured if the producer wasn't showing until late afternoon, as you recall, he didn't show at all, as if anyone could forget that little fact, why should I go in at 10 a.m.? Regardless of what time I come in, I've been staying close to 12 hours a day. I don't know what the hell I'm doing waiting there for such a long-ass day, but any time I think that I should just split at hour 9 or 10, another part of me thinks that if I do go, that will end up being the time that Willie Show finally decides to make his first appearance. So I wait. And who could forget Lance Nephew's way of keeping me longer than I really thought I needed to be there? just by his mere presence as a relation to the producer. Although, I have come up with ways to manipulate Lance's sense of time, particularly as it relates to the beginning of the day. With a planned 2 p.m. start, I told Lance that our start time for today was 1 p.m., and I told Dumbass our start time was 3 p.m. That worked great. According to Magnolia, Lance arrived at 1.30 p.m., half an hour early, Dumbass at 2.30 p.m. was half an hour late, although he thought he was half an hour early, but still asked if he was late. Perfect. This would be my new method of making schedules work. It should be good for a while until Lance figures out that he's always half an hour early or that I'm always half an hour late, at which point he'll likely start to come half an hour late to the start time I called for. Confused yet? Read it three times fast. But when he does that, I'll switch it up on him, and then he'll be really late again. He'll never know whether I'm giving him the real time or the fake time in order to get him there early. What can I say? When you're not recording for 12 hours a day, you have time to come up with these sorts of schemes. The singer, the bass player, and I all arrived around 2 p.m. They told me that we'd definitely be recording either today, tomorrow, or Monday. Apparently... They had just gotten out of meetings with their management and attorney, trying to wrap up the producer's agreement with Willie. There was only one sticking point, and that was being sorted out today. I surmised from my conversation that the band's been dealing with this all week. It's just that Willie kept saying that he was going to come in, even though the contract wasn't done. It has become quite obvious that this was not, in fact, the case.
in anticipation of actually recording, dumbass was asking me today about Alcihad. Actually, he asks me every day about Alcihad. He's scared to death of having himself edited. You'll recall that Alcihad is my fabricated name for a very common brand of recording software and hardware that uses a computer for editing takes. It's a very intricate program, and it requires a trained expert to operate it, which I call an Alciha. Alciha is actually the name of a Shriner's Lodge in Georgia, and Alcihad is a derivative of that word. There's no actual reason for my using that word other than I like the ring of it, and it was emblazoned on my friend Fletcher's fez. Regardless, it seems a dumbass doesn't want to have his drums edited, as he thinks it destroys the feel of the drumming. I couldn't help but think to myself that the feel of an unnatural galloping motion, much like the one caused from slowing down the beginning of the measure and then speeding up the end of the measure, is a feel best left for destruction. As I've intimated, I'm not a big fan of Alcihad myself, but I wasn't quite sure how his drum takes were going to be kept without some serious editing. I pointed out to Dumbass that currently, Alcihad was nowhere in sight. But that fact didn't seem to calm him. Do you think Willie will use Alzahad on my drums? I have no idea. Is Willie big on using Alzahad? Uh, I've never worked with the guy, so that would be pure speculation on my part. We went around and around this subject. It was ridiculous. He kept coming up with different ways of asking me the same fucking question that I had no way of answering. I tried telling him not to think about it, but that was useless. So I told him that he needed to play the takes like they were performances, and if he laid down a good performance, he wouldn't need to be edited. That, too, was ineffective. At this point, I was doing anything I could do to get away from dumbass. I even went into the lounge to play video games with Paul Eor. That was about as much fun as visiting the urologist for a prostate massage session. But it was still better than trying to explain for the zillionth time to dumbass that I don't know the fucking producer. Hence, I couldn't predict what Willie Show would want to do about his drum takes. At one point, I decided to take a moment to talk to Eeyore about dumbass's insecurities. I couldn't figure out why the hell he would be so worried about being edited. These days, it seems that most drummers want to be put in Alcihad. I think Cotton's worried about being edited in Alcihad. Fuck him. Cotton's lucky to even be in this band, so he should just shut the fuck up and do what he's told. Nice. I sat there for a while in silent and stunned disbelief as I attempted to hurl 99-mile-per-hour Randy Johnson fastballs past Barry Bonds in a virtual baseball game. I knew the band liked to razz dumbass, but this was a whole new level of disdain that I was unaware of. Shit. Do any of these guys like each other? I didn't even know how to react. I suddenly realized that dumbass has an inferiority complex, and it's because of the band. Determining to what degree their dismantling of his confidence was degrading his performance was impossible to tell. That's like trying to figure out whether the chicken came or the egg came first. Was he this bad before the band started laying into him? Or was he halfway decent, and the band was bringing him down several notches with this attitude? As I marveled at Barry Bonds' home run number 126 on the season flying out of the park off the most dominant pitcher in baseball, 
it struck me that Dumbass might also be nervous. This was his first record, whereas the others, including Eeyore, have all made records before. It was clear that I was going to have to talk to Dumbass and try to build him up. Acting upon this revelation would have to wait, though. I had a call. Hello? Hey, Wanda. It was my manager. She had news. It was five in the afternoon, and she had just gotten off the phone with the band's management. I was free to go home for the day. Hallelujah! Willie would be coming in at 11 a.m. on Monday morning to start work on the album. My manager said that everything was cool, the contract was complete, and Willie was ready to start work after the weekend. At first I was skeptical, but my manager offered irrefutable proof. My deposit was being couriered to my house as we spoke. Yes, I thought to myself. Labels don't give you a three-week deposit when there's some question as to the status of making the album. That's the reason that I hadn't got the money before today. Willie is going to show on Monday, and we are finally going to start making this album. I could feel it. I sent the band and Lance home for the weekend, and I sent myself home too. My week of purgatory was over. No longer would I have to push the same large boulder up the same hill over and over again. Of course, being that I was going home in Friday rush hour in L.A., it took me close to two hours to drive what takes me approximately 35 minutes late at night. But that just seems to be par for the course. Now, doesn't it? Mixer Man. <laughs>